Welcome to WCSU 411, a podcast about people and achievements in and around Western Connecticut State University. I'm Paul Steinmetz, and today we will talk with P.J. Prunty, the new president of the Greater Danbury Chamber of Commerce. P.J. is in charge of making our local economy grow, and he will discuss how he plans to do that. Afterward, Barbara Viegas will tell us what's happening on campus. But now, let's talk with P.J. Well, P.J., thanks for coming here on the podcast with us. Yeah, appreciate inviting me, Paul. Thank you very much. We're uh, having you here because you just made a big career change, uh, exciting for you and I think for the uh, whole region. You're the new president of the Greater Danbury Chamber of Commerce. You just started a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, right? three three whole weeks ago. Wow. I just, uh, just found out where the paper clips are. <laughs> Wi-Fi password is good, and I'm still trying to figure out how to turn the uh, coffee pot on. But other than that, things are rocking and rolling. The chamber does a lot of stuff, so you are coming in in a time kind of busy season too. So it must be hard to figure out, like you say, where everything is. Yeah, we just uh, this past weekend we had our annual home and leisure show at the Danbury Fair Mall. That was on Saturday and Sunday. We had about uh, thirty-two or thirty-three vendors, I think. Uh, ultimately, it was a good show. Um, leading up to it, uh, Thursday and Friday, it's a whole process of of setting up and whatnot. But uh, we we met with some of the vendors after. Kind of did a you know informal conversation polling. How'd you do? Uh, you know they were happy with the, the turnout, the foot traffic. You know they got great foot traffic built into the mall on mm-hmm. Saturdays and Sundays. Um, but it was uh, it was a good mix of home improvement. You know you had you know, companies with uh, kitchen remodeling, uh, gutters, insurance, uh, you name it. Kind of throughout the entire uh, spectrum of home improvement. All so, the yeah. things I need in my house. Exactly. Yeah. And then I think it's perfect timing because uh, the. Tax returns come in the mail, and hopefully, uh, or direct deposit, um, and people can go out and spend their money locally on the on the companies and, and businesses that we represent as uh, in the Greater Danbury Chamber. They were all Chamber of Commerce members, of these guys. Majority of them were, yes, um, with with the exception of you know maybe five to seven that are that are not formal uh, Chamber members or more sort of national brands mm-hmm. uh, throughout the country. But yeah, um, the majority of vendors that participate are indeed members, and you know local homegrown businesses, family-run businesses. So it's good to see those individuals come out and, uh, and try to get their, their name brand you know, even, even larger out there in the area. So tell us what your idea is for what the Chamber of Commerce does or should be doing here in Danbury and the region. Yeah, so I mean, you look at sort of typical chamber models where uh, a lot of it is about promoting the businesses that you represent and providing opportunities uh, for networking and, of course, referrals to to, uh, people who call up and inquire about whatever service it might be. I think that's sort of at the core of a chamber's model. Uh, Something that I see as an opportunity for the Greater Danbury Chamber of Commerce is uh, to maintain that model, to one, grow our membership, right? So it's kind of like that term strength in numbers. There's no question that the, the larger sort of the, the organization is, you know, the, the, the more influence you have. Uh, but with that being said, I think there's a real opportunity for the chamber to look at a, a model that focuses a lot on economic development and business development. You take a look at some of the uh, chambers throughout the state that have kind of uh, evolved over the years, if you will. Uh, to, to to meet that need of of being more than just sort of that typical you know rah rah cheerleader component of uh, of the members that are part, which again it's critical, but you know looking at what opportunities are out there, uh, really working with uh, the city of Danbury and Roger Palonzo in the Office of Business Advocacy, 
and many of the um, organizations that we work with constantly, SBDC and SCORE, but to really kind of create a one-stop shop, I'll, I'll sort of refer to it in terms of economic development, that the chamber will be a resource for anything that a business might need from demographic information, uh, studies that would be done in the area, um, contacts into City Hall, whether it be Planning and Zoning Commission, and again, just a whole sort of litany of, of information that we should have at our fingertips. Um, I, I think it's I think it's a possibility mm-hmm. for the chamber to get to that to that model, if you will. I'm sure that would be welcome too, because uh, no matter where they are, business um, contractors or developers uh, complain about uh, the local process and how much paperwork there is, et cetera. It's not just here; it's all around. But um, so, if they had that kind of one-stop shop, it would be. Um, maybe help them uh, look at Danbury uh, as a place where uh, easier to do business, more likely to do business. Yeah, and, and frequently it's been stated you know, year after year that Danbury is often rated as you know, just a great place to do business in general. So we've got that sort of going for us already. And in large part, you know, I attribute that to the leadership at City Hall and the administration. You know, Mayor, Mayor Mark Bowden's done a great job of sort of streamlining some of those uh, operations that people typically don't think about. But when you're when you're looking to start a, start a business, whether it be large, small, retail, manufacturing, restaurant, you know, there is a lot of steps in that process, and you know, they've done a great job of sort of uh, you know working working that sometimes complicated process into a much more streamlined uh, streamlined avenue. Mm-hmm. And you have this. Uh, you came to city uh, to the chamber from. Uh, your job as executive director at the City Center Danbury office, which you had for uh, two years, almost two, two, two and a half years. Two and a half years. Yeah. Yep. So uh, you had that kind of relationship with businesses, or um, part of your job was to develop uh, relationships with businesses downtown. Um, so that must have helped uh, you figure out what a bigger organization would do, right? Yeah, there's. I, I found you know within these first three weeks that um, there certainly are a lot of uh, similarities with the City Center. In the chamber, a lot of the programming and, and sort of typical operations are, are scalable in a sense, from city center to the uh, to the chamber of commerce. So yeah, you know a lot of the a lot of the experience that I've gained at city center really helped me sort of transition, I think, into this role. Uh, you know, fairly fairly seamless for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no question. And getting to communicating with business owners and potential business owners and. Businesses that provide services uh, are is a um, um, that's the tricky part, right? Sometimes it, they don't want to talk to you, right? No, it is, and and that was one of the comments that I've uh, I just had my first board meeting the other day at um, I think it was Friday, so I was pins and needles on that one. But I guess the good thing was don't two two weeks into it, not a lot was expected mm. of me. So uh, next month I have some uh, deliverable <laughs> action items I need to report on. Uh, but one of the one of the biggest topics that I brought up to my board was communication um, and how important that is as the uh, chamber, right? So you're representing you know, hundreds and hundreds of businesses. How do you effectively communicate out not just what your members want to the community and, and, and to the residents of the Greater Danbury area, but also to to let them know what the chamber is doing for them? So we have you know many avenues that are convenient. Email blasts, of course, being one of them. Uh, and social media as well. So we, we plan on increasing our uh, communications and activity on the digital presence, being Facebook and, and Instagram and those t- you know traditional avenues uh, with social media. But also um, the email blasts, are, they're great. No question are they effective, but something that I'm very um, 
passionate and, and persistent about is a, a personal touch to communications. Um, I think you've seen in the past, it's always worth to take time to write down a personal note. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes it goes a lot further than an than a email blast would. And again, don't get me wrong, necessary in this day and age to, to send out those communications like that. But really to be able to connect with the members um, beyond just that email, uh, calling up on the phone, asking them, hey, how's it going over there on Federal Road or on Main Street? Or on Newtown Road, or you know, in Bethel, Brookfield, how can we help you? Really, making sure that they know that we're there for them, uh, and then it's not just sort of a uh, we communicate with them when we need their renewals for for membership or mm-hmm. dues. So it, it needs to be sort of emphasized that we're we're here for you. So that kind of makes it a seven day a week job, right? It does, no question. Um, you know, and again, with as I go to talking about the convenience of email, you know, having it on your phone, it's it's a blessing and a and a curse at the same time. But um, I've always sort of been in a in a role professionally that um, nine to five is just sort of not what I'm interested in. Um, you know, my wife loves that and, mm. and hates it at the same time. But uh, you know, she she understands that it's. You know, I'm very uh, very committed to the to the community here and uh, and to the chamber and to the. Uh, residents of the greater Danbury area. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you just kind of alluded to, you grew up in Danbury, right? Yeah, born and raised. Um, I'm a, a first generation uh, generation mm-hmm. Danbury. My, my parents moved uh, from New Rochelle uh, to the to Danbury in, I think, early 80s. But yeah, my sister and I uh, grew up here in Danbury, uh, went through the public school systems, uh, graduated in 2006 from Danbury High, uh, and then went to college at Hartwick College, which is in Really, it's in mid-state New York. A lot of folks refer to it as upstate. Um, some people think Yonkers is upstate New York, but uh, only out to New York, yeah, it's right near Cooperstown. Uh, and then when I graduated, I came back to, to Danbury and worked in Mayor Bowden's office for about four and a half years. I got my master's in public administration at Marist and then uh, left for sort of a nine-month stint, as I refer to it, up in upstate New York in Saratoga Springs, and then came back down here for the city center job. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Danbury's... Uh, now, as I say, I've got mercury in my blood in reference to the uh, the hatting industry. <laughs> the uh, and you played football at Danbury High, right? I did. Yeah, I played I played football uh, at Danbury High, uh, baseball, and then uh, track as well. Wow. So, so uh, and then you played football at Hardwick too. Yeah, yeah. Played uh, played a couple of years at Hardwick when I wasn't injured on the sideline with up on crutches. But really? uh, yeah, that was. <laughs> Challenging times with the uh, with the injuries in, mm-hmm. in college, but uh, nonetheless enjoyed it. Met uh, met a lot of good friends there, and of course my wife. So yeah, well worth it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and is uh, does Hartwick is that the big rivalry with Ithaca? Yeah, we we have with football at least. Um, Ithaca is, is a, a rival of ours. Um, not as much as Ithaca is with uh, Cortland, right? So, oh, so Cortland, they're they're both right, in right. the same uh, same town, mm-hmm. uh, SUNY Cortland, and they have a, an annual game called the Cortica Jug, which is you know, huge in that area. But mm-hmm. yeah, we, we you know we, we do have sort of that uh, that that rivalry between the two schools, no question. Hmm. And. Uh, did you were you thinking uh, some kind of government service slash politics kind of thing when you were in college or in high school even? Yeah, I, I always uh, was very interested in government and politics even when I was in high school. Um, my senior year, I I ran for the board of governors president, which is the organization that you know quote unquote governs the student body mm-hmm. uh, throughout the uh, throughout the high school, and it was always it was always an interest to me history. And, uh, you know, English were kind of always my thing, math and science. 
not so much. Um, so I kind of <laughs> knew from an early age that, uh, that that was kind of the path that I wanted to, to go on. And then when I went into college, I, I declared as a freshman as a political science major. So I knew going in that that was um, of high interest to me. So, mm-hmm. you know, and then kind of... Uh, Went where it went when I uh, came back to, the, to Danbury and, and worked in Mayor Bowden's office for, for a couple of years and you know, was sort of well on my way in the, in the government and politics arena. And, and why did your parents move to Danbury from New Rochelle? There was no income tax. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the rest is history. Yeah. yeah they, they had um, a couple of their friends and, and relatives moved up from New Rochelle to both Danbury and the, and the greater Danbury area. They really liked the quality of life that they that they saw there. So they've, um, you know, they decided to to move their family and, and plant their roots in in Danbury. So, and a couple of years later, Lowell Bicol instituted the income tax, and he was a one-term governor. So, <laughs> and then did you, when you were looking at colleges, did you look at Westcon too and its football team? I, I didn't. I and um, initially I was looking at, at D1 programs, mm-hmm. and um, I had an injury my senior year of high school. Uh, which led me to sort of change my path there, but um, there was a part of me that kind of wanted to, to, to you know, get away for a couple of years um, in college to to look at other opportunities. And you know, Hartwick just really spoke to me. <laughs> and again, I think best decision of my life as I met my wife and now have a have a son and no regrets there for that. That's right. Yeah. Isn't the baby a year old now? He is. Wow, he'll be 16 months in uh, in a couple of days. It's just wow. it's flying by. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yep, he's running around like a madman, terrorizing the house. But uh, we wouldn't, we wouldn't want it any other way. So, have business people come to you since you have been named as uh, president of the um, chamber to say what they want to see in Danbury and the region? Yeah, I've I've had a um, I sent out an email communication uh, about a week ago, just sort of uh, thanking everyone for the warm welcome that they've given me over the past uh, two weeks plus. And that um, that really opened up a door for people to offer some feedback and some insight as to what they would like to see, uh, both both members and non-members, mm-hmm. as what they would like to see the, the Greater Danbury Chamber of Commerce sort of set out to do. Um, so on that front, I, I have had a lot of uh, a lot of contact. Also had people who I've worked with in the past, both in in City Hall as well as City Center Danbury, that have reached out to me to say, "Hey, look, you know, let's let's get together. I'd love to share some thoughts and ideas." as to you know, where we think the Chamber of Commerce uh, should be heading, as well as offering any of their help and assistance. So it's been, it's been great, the, the support that I've received. I mean, it's everywhere from the hospital to the university to even the fire department. I mean, you name it, it's been, it's been just a great experience the past couple of weeks and really looking forward to continue those working relationships with those individuals and the businesses too. Mm-hmm. Has anybody brought up anything that was... Um unusual or uh, something that stuck in your head as something hey maybe we should try that you know someone someone gave me uh, feedback on the events that we run at the mm-hmm. chamber of commerce uh, and again we are the greater danbury chamber of commerce which means we represent the greater danbury area which in terms of you know defining a line it's really the 10 town region of uh, of the greater danbury area mm-hmm. a comment that i had from someone was uh, it, you should look into opportunities to grow beyond just the 44 square miles of Danbury, uh, to, to look into other towns, to host events and businesses and whatnot. Uh, so you know, I, I took that uh, I took that comment and said, yeah, you know, I, I think that's a great idea. Um, again, we're looking to sort of grow the membership at, at the core of, of the mission, naturally. 
and I think um, it makes sense to sort of go beyond just that, uh, you know, the, the city limits, if you will, to to increase our influence. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought there was some some valuable insight from from an individual who who's been a part of the chamber for years and and wanted to kind of take an opportunity to let me know uh, what 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 he thought. So mm-hmm. yeah, and. What about the chamber's relationship with the state government and, uh, I guess, the whole state um, infrastructure? Have you started talking to legislators, or is that part of your job, or what? How, how does that work, and what are you looking for? What would you be looking for from the state? Sure. So we, um, the Chamber of Commerce, is very active in in the state uh, legislative and policy uh, initiatives. We work with a, a lobbyist and, and have for several years, actually many years now. Um, I was just in Hartford, I think it was a week and a half ago. Uh, we took a position, official position, opposing the tolls that were um, that were discussed in, in the uh, in the transportation committee. I, I personally testified in, in opposition against them, as well as submitted written testimony. Um, we had a lot of work with the lobbyists to kind of you know, keep me informed of, of what bills are sort of moving along. And uh, beyond them, I have uh, an existing relationship with many of the local legislators as well. So uh, just today I was texting several of them, confirming them for the eggs and issues breakfast. Mm. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's a top priority for the Danbury Chamber of Commerce, Greater Danbury Chamber, because someone actually, one of the legislators from the other side of the state joked with me saying, Danbury, where's, where's Danbury? Is that in New York? Where is that? You know, being facetious, obviously, mm-hmm. but it sort of brings up a good point because sometimes more often sort of Danbury is so far away from the capital, you know, it's not a Stanford or a, or a Bridgeport where it's a huge, you know, city of sorts. I mean, of course we're still a big city, but it's important to, to stay on the radar and stay relevant and let them know that we've got concerns on, on some of the, um, the issues that are being discussed at, in, in the Capitol Dome. Mm-hmm. Have you talked to Mark Bowden to say that uh, and found out that uh, if he becomes governor, that Danbury will be uh, getting a lot more money and uh, gifts from uh, the state? No, I, I have not had that conversation uh, with him. I know that he's sort of uh, you know, very active right now running, running the statewide campaign uh, and managing a city of, of you know 85,000 plus people so he's he's focusing on sort of those two those two priorities right now um, no I, we haven't had that conversation so. I was just kidding yeah well it's it, you know it's like the center of the universe mm-hmm. like Waterbury was a couple of years ago mm-hmm. when John Rowland was <laughs> right. uh, governor right. the uh, but that's true legislators uh, except for ours around here, uh, tend to it seems like ignore Danbury and ignore Western Connecticut. You know, they're as you say, they're interested in Lower Fairfield County, but Danbury contributes a lot of uh, uh, money and um, skills to the state that don't get the kind of recognition that some other towns do. Yeah, no, no question. Do. And that was part of my um, part of my conversation with the legislators when I testified, saying, "Hey, look, take a look at the Danbury Fair Mall here." You know. We, within that you know, enclosed uh, retail center, they contribute a significant amount of sales tax to the state of Connecticut. Um, if, if they were to sort of start pushing policies that would uh, discourage, let's say, New York residents just right across the border from coming across and shopping and spending their money in Connecticut, it, it, it has an adverse effect to, the, to the, sort of the general fund, if you will. And that was sort of some of the conversations that they were having. Well, 30% of the residents throughout, excuse me, 30% of the um, 
cars that are traveling on the on the interstate highways are non-residents. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and they saying that they had frustrations with them not paying into the transportation upkeep. Well, okay, well, it's but seventy percent, which is a significant majority, majority, are Connecticut residents. So it's yet another sort of tax fee that you're going to pass along to the residents. There's no question that that we think transportation investment is critical. But if you take a look at some of the surrounding states, and that was another sort of conversation point that they ticked off was, well, you know, New York and Massachusetts and all these other states around Connecticut are doing it. Yeah, but New York State also doesn't have the highest gas tax in the nation. New York State also doesn't tax your car as, as a property. Mm. Um, so there's sort of those conversations that are important to sort of to, to discuss saying, yeah, okay, we're not against investing in transportation. We, we understand that it's critical to sort of stay competitive in, in the uh, in the really not just regional but national and now global economy so yeah it's a tough question how do you think it's going to uh, play out it seems like there's the talk is just increasing about adding tolls to the state even though this part of the state is generally against it uh and other parts um it just it almost seems inevitable now, though, based on the conversation that, uh, up in the Capitol. Yeah, it's it's heading in a direction. Uh, just I think last week they, they approved it out of the committee mm-hmm. to sort of move forward. Um, yeah, again, it, it seems as though uh, it's something that uh, is definitely on the horizon. Um, yeah, it's just it, it, personally, I think it's it's unfortunate, but hey, you know, mm-hmm. it's. Will it move forward this year? Probably not, because it's an election year. So you know they don't want to be cast as you know, voting for you know mm-hmm. something like that. So, and what uh, the state uh, commissioned a big report. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, uh, the former chairman of Webster Bank and another yeah. big business guy, yeah, came Jim. Out. I think is it Jim Smith. Jim from Smith, Webster yeah, Bank, from and Webster. Then, uh, Bob uh, from. <laughs> <laughs> He's always left behind because everybody yeah. knows Jim well, Smith. Well, it, that and it's just his. I think his last name is a little difficult to predict. Mm-hmm. Patrick Chelly or something. Oh, I, yeah. I apologize, Bob, for pronouncing uh, <laughs> that. But yeah, they actually. When I was in Hartford, it was uh, Connecticut Business and Industry Association Day, so they had Jim and Bob kind of give a high-level recap summary of that very detailed report that mm-hmm. day that they outlined. Of which, within that, does suggest to, uh, at, at some point, bring bring tolls into the conversation. Um, so I, I really haven't had a chance to, to dive deep into that. As I said, I'm still trying to, you know, figure out how to turn the coffee pot on. But um, I, I do know that uh, they'd spend a lot of time and energy on that on that report to sort of say, hey, this is how Connecticut's going to dig ourselves out of this hole and move forward as as being a attractive place to to do business and really raise raise your uh, your family here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but some, I forget if it was CBIA or somebody said uh, some big business organization endorsed it. And there was another big business organization in the state that said, no, this, we're not ready to do that yet. Um, uh, so I imagine there'll be some kind of debate like that in the chamber. Is that something that the chamber would decide to endorse or not endorse or uh, get involved in that? Yeah, I think we would get involved. Um, one of the one of the talking points that I, I heard uh, Jim and Bob when they were uh, giving the presentation was that um, they really discouraged cherry-picking ideas from it, that it needs to be sort of presented as a whole, mm-hmm. and approved, you know, sort of yay or nay, 
as presented. So they can't go through and say, okay, let's let's remove the tolls. Let's, oh, you know, okay, this investment and whatnot. So, um, but I, I do think that the chamber, from our perspective, likely would go in and, and see what we like and what we didn't like. Mm-hmm. Because again, you know, there's many businesses that we represent that might have, uh, you know, strong oppositions to certain things that they'd be looking to implement. The uh, yeah, there are some business taxes, new business or increased business taxes included in this thing, as well as cuts and other things. Yeah, like we need more reason for business to leave the state. But yeah. <laughs> so when you're you have this uh, your uh, board of directors, and then you have uh, you represent all the member businesses, and um, uh, I'm just wondering about the line you walk there. Uh, you can't be. You can't say. I don't think. Uh, yeah, businesses should have no regulation. They should just be allowed to make as much money as they can, spend it however they want. We don't pay taxes, and everything we do is great for everybody. <laughs> right. It, it is. A, it is a tough line to walk because. And I had that conversation with my with my chairman, and I said, you know, there might be certain even within our our chamber, mm-hmm. there might be certain businesses that would be for or against certain things, and. Uh, on the flip side, there might be another industry that says, "Well, hold on, this is this is not good for us, but it might be good for another member that we represent." Yeah, there's no there's no question that there's a line that needs to be walked. But um, you know, generally speaking, they, they know that we've we've got uh, you know their best interests at heart. Now, one thing I would add too is is yes, we represent the businesses, but we also have nonprofits within our organization mm. as well that we advocate for and are uh, you know have great partnerships with, and that's something that I'm also looking to sort of expand on. You know, businesses are the local businesses. For the majority part that we represent really are the heartbeat of our economy. But when you look at how do you attract both families and, and businesses to come, you got to look at sort of the, the big picture, which is the quality of life. I would say currently we've got an exceptional quality of life here in the Greater Danbury area. But you know, how do we enhance that, and how do we how do we help those organizations and businesses? When I say organizations, I mean nonprofits as well. You know, continue to do what they do because they're the ones that are also really helping our quality of life. I mean, I can run through a whole list of them, but you know, it's important that we we keep them flourishing as well too. Not just our businesses, but really it's it's the it's the whole package, if you will, and in, in education as well. That's why I think that um, it's important for to a certain degree the chamber gets involved with local education uh, initiatives and policies. Because again, there's a huge, huge effect on whether or not people want to stay or locate in Danbury or Bethel or Newtown or Richfield or Brookfield or New Milford is education system. So again, you mentioned a seven-day job. I'm not going to spread ourselves too thin. We have priorities that we do focus on, but I do think that ultimately, you know, that that should be something that we're we're conscious of and at least uh, active in. Should be. It must be an interesting job because I know a lot of business people and they're. Uh, almost across the board, you know, engaged in the ideas and the policy of the community and they care and they have ideas, uh, you know, they have opinions and they're willing to get involved and get sure. their, uh, get, uh, into, um, what's going on. They aren't just sitting in their offices, counting their money and, uh, um, Forgetting about every el- everyone else. So people I know, anyway, they're very, uh, they like, like you say, they love it here and the uh, quality of life and they want to figure out how to stay here and uh, grow yeah, and help uh, the region grow. Absolutely. I've, I've experienced that not just within my first three weeks here, 
but also throughout my sort of entire professional career, both in City Hall and City Center, uh, that we have a lot of um, a lot of community members that that yeah might own businesses or, or work in the nonprofit that genuinely care about our community, and that's great. You know, some some folks yeah might be second or third or fourth generational Danbarians, but there's also individuals who've just moved here. A couple months ago, that are very dedicated and committed to to the future of the Greater Danbury area, and trying to see it flourish as best we can, both from an economic and quality of life standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The so you're the Greater Danbury Chamber of Commerce, and all these other regions of the state have their own chambers and development, economic development. Uh, corporations and things like that so down in stanford and norwalk they think they uh you know um, are the stars of the uh uh, economy in connecticut and they look down their nose they're kind of snobs they disdain everybody else and of course harford is the capital so they think they're all special and um, so how do you go about undercutting those other regions and um, uh, helping them fail so we can uh, survive (laughs) I, I don't know if it's so much a, an undercutting approach, but really, I, th- I think it's taking the assets that we have, um, both uh, from a, a business standpoint, economic, but also some of the, the natural assets that we have, the proximity to New York State, um, the Great Lake, Kano Lake that we have, which is the largest man-made lake, I think, in Connecticut, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, that, that's a great asset that, that um, I think is, is something that... I think it's advertised well, but it certainly can be more. Um, but really, working with those assets and, and looking to identify new ones that, that can really you know bring us to the top. And again, um, year after year, it's the proof is in the pudding when it comes to the metrics that the Greater Danbury area is really outpacing uh, the state as a whole. Sure, you, you take a look at Stanford and Norwalk and seeing the, the, the sky rises that are going up in terms of the condos and the apartments. But when it comes to um, you know jobs that, that are that are paying good wages and uh, access to, to good education, I really think that the Greater Danbury area has a lot to offer in that regard. And really, it's it's also about telling that story. Um, how do you effectively communicate that out to not just the state, but really the 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 region as a whole, the tri-state region as a whole, saying, "Hey, look, Danbury is the place for you to to open up your business." You know, uh, start your family and, and and live your live your life. And so I, I I don't think, yeah. I mean, there's a certain degree of, of competitiveness that's just out there that's natural. But you know, I think um, working on the existing assets and developing more is really where I think we can we can separate ourselves from those those other areas that you uh, refer to as having their noses in their ears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so do you think uh, when you think about the future of Danbury area, do you think we'll have uh, skyscrapers in downtown Danbury, like Stanford does someday. This is the, the short answer is yes. Um, I, do I think that it's going to be you know twenty twenty five stories? No, but I do think that um, there's an opportunity for Danbury to maintain its sort of you know, historical character in, in the in the Main Street downtown is on the uh, on the National Historic Register Main Street. Um, but I, I do think there's you know, a chance for them to identify development needs that really would bring would bring Danbury to the forefront and downtown as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, as you mentioned, that uh, I spent two and a half years in, in downtown Danbury. Um, I, I know that there are a lot of uh, dedicated and motivated individuals that are currently down there 
um, that would love to see something like that uh, come to fruition, which is sort of large-scale development. Mm-hmm. We've had Kennedy Flats sort of move, move into downtown, which is a, a great win uh, for Danbury and, and really the Danbury area. Um, but but the sky's the limit, pun intended, for for the development down there. And, and I, I do think um, with the transportation-oriented development study that's going on right now, that some of that feedback will say, hey, look, there there absolutely is opportunity for development. Um, you get into the weeds about how high does it be, you know, how high do buildings become less, you know, economically, you know, uh, stable for a developer to come in. But um, in the long run, I do think that there's opportunity to achieve that sort of, you know, urban city feel, but also maintain the historical character to the to the downtown. Do you think that tr- uh, transit-oriented development, which is looking at moving the current uh, bus pulse point area on um, what's that street Kennedy Kennedy, Kennedy Avenue yeah Kennedy yeah. Avenue down towards this train station is that kind of the opportunity to uh, for more um, growth in that kind of office space that kind of thing yeah I, I think that's part of the puzzle um, personally I think there's probably too much time energy and conversation being spent on that co-location I, I know that you and I both both mm-hmm. sit on that uh, on that uh, task force um, so yeah I, I do think like there's it, it's it's um, again part of the puzzle um, to create a, a, a transportation hub yeah no question do we need that but beyond that we also need uh, streetscape improvements to, to make it more attractive to to businesses to come in. Um, and really, really nail down that transportation component of Metro North. Uh, it's one thing to spend all this time and money and plans to develop a co-location of the Pulse Point and the train station, but it's another thing to, you're still going to need to take a transfer or two hours to get from downtown Danbury to Grand Central. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's an issue. And I do know that there's some conversations about uh, connecting to the Harlem Line. Mm-hmm over in um in new york state but um really that needs to be addressed i think in order to really make it a a a really profitable opportunity for developers to come in that's what they look at they look at ease of of sort of getting into those those big metropolitan areas and again not saying that danbury the only way that it can get to that point is a connection with manhattan but it sure helps sure i mean that is one of the selling points we're close to new york yeah absolutely new york city all right Hey, well, good luck on, uh, you know, a long career at the Chamber of Commerce. It's going to be exciting. And uh, don't forget Westcon. That's a big asset here in Danbury, yeah. oh, too. absolutely. No question. I know yeah. you already know that. <laughs> Thanks for coming in today. Yeah, Paul, I appreciate you having me. Thank you very much. Before Barbara Viegas joins us, I want to remind our listeners that this podcast comes to you from Western Connecticut State University, offering a high-quality, affordable education. If you have questions about enrolling at Westcon, send an email to admissions at wcsu.edu, or you can contact us through the podcast and ask for Barbara. All right. Well, here's Barbara for uh, with all the events. But first, I wanted to ask her about the big pile of papers that are next uh, to you. Are you grading papers? Are they, you the teacher's uh, pet or something? I wish I was grading papers. It was mm. so much easier than what I'm doing. This is my dissertation. No, just kidding. It's not. <laughs> this is everyone else's dissertations that I have to read through because um, I'm doing my senior thesis paper. It's actually due tomorrow, and oh. I haven't started, so that's good. You're lying. 
I'm you not haven't lying. started The it? draft is due tomorrow, so oh, it's not okay. that big of a deal. But um, I'm still reading through all of this, um, as you can see. To get ideas or to steal from or what? Um, so I had to pick, like, uh, I think it was, like, 12 journal articles or, like, dissertations or whatever. And so I printed them all out, and they have to, like, read through them. And then, because my topic, so they're basically journals or, like, that kind of thing that other people have written or done studies on um, based on my topic, which is... Um, immigration policy post 9-11 and so that's what I have to read about and then through I mean I can't quote directly apparently like that's like a new rule um so I have to just like paraphrase everything which is okay but it's a lot harder because you have to write like the 15-20 pages all like without any single quote like no no citation yeah I mean yes you cite at the end of paraphrasing but um Hmm. no um direct quotation so I have to just like you know, write it. <laughs> and it's due. So, so, how many pages do tomorrow? Or is um, it just an outline or what? No, it's the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I always do this to myself. I mean, I had a whole month to do it and uh, just instead of, so he did, what happened was we didn't, um, instead of meeting like for class, he just was like, you know, like you can just have the whole month off and just work on your paper throughout the month. So during that hour, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, or hour and a half or whatever that I had free, I would just do like other homework or like do SGA stuff. And then, yeah, <laughs> so just never got to it. But <laughs> well, and you're not, an A student. What does a C student do? Does not turn it in or what? Yeah, probably. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I always do this. It's terrible. Mm. I'm always scrambling until the end. But what happens is, like, usually today I have, like, my internship and work. Mm. And I already told them. I was like, yeah, I'm not coming in. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> I'll just, you know, have, like, eight coffees, sit in the library for the entire day, and I can I can whip out a 15, 20-page mm. paper. Pete and I can help you with it, too, if you want. Yeah, I can read some of these. Let me know what it's no, about. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> give you ideas. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I get like, it's pretty easy once I get in like the flow. A lot of the um, authors write about the same kind of thing, like mm. different acts and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like get a gist of what I should That's be true. writing about. Right. So it works out. It, it's I, I just always put myself in these stressful situations, but um, <laughs> somehow I, I think I work better under pressure. It must be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Deadlines. It's good to have deadlines. Yeah. Probably should have started a while ago, but... Yeah. Well, you were very busy last week, I know, so you couldn't didn't have time last week to do it. Yeah. Because you had your um, debate. Yes. Um, it's just as equally busy this week. Oh. <laughs> this is the actual election week. For oh, it is? Who know. Yeah. This week? Hmm. Yeah. So um, yesterday, um, everyone got an email sent to their student emails, and it's probably in your spam folder if you didn't get it. Um, it says, like, vote now or something from election buddy. And then you go on there, and you can click the link, and vote Mm -hmm. so this whole week until monday uh is official voting time so by tuesday i'll know if i'm vpsr or not tuesday by the time we record the podcast or hopefully uh, because it ends on monday so i'm hoping like either you know very early on tuesday or something like that Mm -hmm. hopefully and uh how did your what was it you did uh cheerleading how did that go oh that went well um (laughs) did we talk about that yeah Oh, yeah. Uh, So I did go speak to them about like sponsoring me and everything as a candidate. Uh, They accepted, which Mm. was nice. Um, And they've put me up on their social media and everything. And um, they'll probably I'm so it's kind of been a hard week. Um, I'm not sure. So 
I'm supposed to be having campaign tables this week, but mm. um, unfortunately, my grandmother, um, she's in the hospital. So I've kind of been like not really focusing on the campaign, which no, that's not good. It sucks, but um, you know, she's more important to mm-hmm. me than school. So um, unfortunately, like it's kind of hurting the campaign, but um, I'm hoping that you know by reading like the little bio and everything on the link saying that I have experience a little bit like the social media posts that I've been working on that'll help me um other than the campaign tables they were supposed to come and like put me up in like stunts and stuff but um not sure if that's gonna work out just because everything that's going on Mm -hmm. but you know she's still Vo Viegas uh hopefully you know it'll work out if not then you know it's in you know it's in the hands of whoever right (laughs) hmm well, we'll be thinking about her. Yeah. What you. Um, you also, uh, so you had your debate. You also met with the president of the Board of Regents, Marco Jakian. Yes. Um, that was actually a really good meeting. Um, I say um a lot. I have to stop that. Okay. <laughs> so it was a really, really productive meeting. We had like a very intimate sit, like sit down. Um, <laughs> oh my God. I think it was uh, like seven or eight students from mm. the SGA. And it was really productive. He like really was very open to listening to what we what um we had to say and everything. Uh, mostly the conversation went around the current schedule and how that was put out um, by the provost and everything. Um, but didn't he say I wasn't there? But didn't he say something like, "Oh, I can't do anything about that"? Actually, no. He was like he said I he actually like I think pretty sure I'm I'm not I don't want to like speak mm-hmm. for him. But what I took away from it was that he kind of didn't know that it was a unilateral decision and he wasn't like too happy about that, I guess. Mm. He was like, oh, okay, like I'm going to speak to whoever to see like, you know, why it happened this way, what we can do, whatever, because the majority of the conversation was that. And even now, like um, me trying to put my schedule together, like because I even because I have a minor, like I'm I might if I want to be able to work and go to school and do an internship, I'm probably gonna have to drop my minor because my minor has like the 200 level classes that are on the opposite days of my regular like senior 400, 300 level classes. Mm. So I'm gonna either be on campus for five days a week in random times, like one class in the morning, then one class at night with like a huge gap where like, mm-hmm. it's either like I have a night shift or a day shift. I can't have, you're not gonna mm-hmm. be able to, you know? So I'm either gonna have to drop my minor or you know, figure it out <laughs> somehow. We did have Keith Govin, the re- registrar in here, and he said that any students had trouble should go in and talk to the uh, registrar's office. And- yeah, uh, so actually Keith is gonna be at our town hall meeting. Mm. Um, that's one of the events that we should talk about. It's, um, let me just double check, April 18th, I believe. Yeah, April 18th um, in the Student Center Theater from 11.30 to 2.30. And then there's a reception until three. What no, is from. Let me see. It's either 11, 11 to two or eleven thirty to two thirty. We're gonna put out a flyer and everything. It's still oh, okay. a few weeks ahead. No, oh, it is. Um, okay. So we're still in the makes and the works of it and like planning and everything. It might, the location might change because we actually have a lot of. Uh, we actually have a lot of panelists, which is really cool because um, it's hard to find panelists mm-hmm. and. I I was so like enthused when I found out that like people I sent out the email one day and the very next day everyone like a lot of them already accepted so it was really cool I'm gonna pull up the exact list of people that have accepted and who we extended an invitation to 
And what's the topic of the panel? It's actually, this time it's a general, so this time it's actually a general town hall. It's a kind of tell us why you're mad kind of thing. There's going to be representative from like the major like aspects of the school, like um, academic advising, registrar, Sodexo, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then students can just voice their opinion and then there's going to be representative there with answers and like someone to, that you can answer to or has to answer to you, I guess. Um... Here, let me pull up. The, okay, so Don Grayson from Sodexo has accepted Keith Govin, registrar. Melissa Stevens is getting back to me. Uh, Isabel Carvalho is, is too. Paul Simon accepted, and Carlos Dos Santos, obviously the SGA president has to accept. He has no choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then one more. Oh, Dean, uh, Dr. Kramer accepted as well. Uh, and then we're also reaching out to... Ron Mason from yeah, Housing. Perfect. Um, he is not accepted yet because I forgot. I, I didn't forget. I just didn't send him an invitation mm-hmm. yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, we might have to switch. That's what I was saying. We might have to switch location because it's a lot of panelists. Mm-hmm. So I think that maybe the student center theater is a little small to accommodate everything. Yep. Um, ideally, we can keep it in there because it's a really central location. But, you know, if not, it's fine. I'm going to be the moderator this time. Oh, you are? So wow. it should be fun. Are you going to tell everybody your name? Mm-hmm. <laughs> title that's good yeah I'm, I don't even care I'm still gonna be the VPSR <laughs> like I'm still a VPSR until May so that's right, that's right. <laughs> don't mess with me no, I'm just kidding <laughs> uh, yeah so it'll be it'll be fun mm-hmm. um, we also have SGA day which is the Tuesday of West Fest week we're gonna start talking about that soon I don't have the official schedule yet because um, it's not like completely final I'm, it's almost like close to being finalized but it's not like 100% I think um, but that is, it's April 23rd. Uh, it's SGA day in the student center from 1130 to 230. Cool. That's the one that I'm sure about. Um, oh, and in case, like we didn't say it, talk about this yet, but I'm having trouble with my phone. <laughs> so we're going to do this a little differently today. It might take me a like, tiny bit longer to pull up some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, this brand new uh, Motorola phone that you were in love with. <laughs> Last week. Uh, it's so frustrating. My boyfriend's like so annoyed at me because he's like, you're not even trying. <laughs> you just don't want to like Galaxy. And I'm like, no, it's just that it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and he has one too, right? Yeah, he has. He's had one like forever. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just really frustrated. I was like, I'm probably going to switch back to iPhone on Wednesday. He was like, no, you have to try the other one. <laughs> My sister's like, try the Galaxy Note. It's better. And I'm like, it's the same. Like, it's the same stuff. <laughs> There's a lot of beeps in here. Sorry. Huh? It's <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll throw in a couple of record scratches, too. <laughs> Beep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, okay. So, some of the other events that we have going on. There's, obviously, the fourth annual Western Day of Service. Uh, that's on April 20th. It's a Friday. Uh, you volunteer around the Danbury area, and you get a free T-shirt. Um, and you can, if you go on CSI Western's um, page, you can, um, oh my God, why do I keep saying um so many times? <laughs> okay. Uh, if you go on CSI Western Instagram page, there's a little like scan thing. And if you scan it, you can just sign up there. Uh, very cool. Last time I did it, I was able to like paint like this mural at my old elementary school. It was so fun. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, very, very fun and very cool. You do a lot of good things out in the community too, and people love it. And they love Westcom because of it. It's really, really cool. 
Um, if you if you're part of any like clubs or sports teams and stuff, you can make like a group. Like mm-hmm. SJ has a group going. Um, we we have a group going. Different sports teams does, and like you can just make a group yourself, and then all of you will go to one location. You can do it like together as a as a group. So it's good for like your own club or organization or sports team too. Be like, hey hey, like put it on your Instagram. We volunteered today. Right. Uh, very, very, very cool. And you network while you're out there, too, because you're meeting with all the um, people who run these organizations. Yeah, like my elementary school. <laughs> right. <laughs> that I wasn't was like, helpful hey, for I you. I don't but, remember. Yeah. <laughs> don't remember you. They were all like, oh, Barbara, go. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't remember them? No. Wow. I was young. <laughs> uh, okay, so the Muslim Students Association is also having women in Islam. You can join the WCW. Wow. WCSU MSA for a conversation on how women are viewed in Islam, as well as important female figures throughout Islamic history. There's food, drinks, and conversations. April 4th at 3.30 p.m. in the Kothwari Honors House seminar room. Uh, That should be very fun. Mm -hmm. And educational. Get to know each other instead of um, just um, basing your opinions on... That's one of the things that, exactly, that's one of the things that I was like so shocked about when I was reading through all these papers. Mm -hmm. That's the sound that you're hearing is me rummaging through these papers. Um, So there's, I don't know if anyone knows about this. I mean, people probably know because, you know, politics, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know. (laughs) So there's this thing called the Ashcroft, Ashcroft raids that happened. Are you familiar with it? I think I've heard that name. Yeah. Oh my God. It's horrible. It's basically like this series of events that it just made it legal for random, after 9-11, for random people to just call in like hmm. and just be like, hey, this person looks Muslim, pick them up. Literally, not even joking, that's exactly what it was. They look suspicious. They're trying to get a truck. Like there's, It describes things like they're trying to get a truck to transport water and they're not being, they're not being specific about how much water. And it's like, maybe they're trying to convert the measurements because right. <laughs> we're part of the metric system or all that. Um, it's actually ridiculous. So many people were imprisoned for over, like you can be in prison for over a year and you're and you're literally just because they would get you, they would get the immigrants on like a simple like immigration infraction, like overstaying your welcome mm. or like if they stopped them in traffic and they saw that they were undocumented and they looked suspicious. Looking Muslim was mm-hmm. a, like terrible at the time. Like that's, you could have just, and they'd put them in these facilities and abuse them verbally and physically and all of these things and it was horrible. No, and I, I didn't can't know even. About that. It's literally terrible. Is this still terrible. allowed? Is there still an no. Ashcroft? Uh, hmm. No, that was. Um, it was like post nine eleven. Like very, it, it happened for like, I think like a year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like this still happens. Um, it's not as much as le- extreme as this, but it happens. And mm-hmm. like, I one of the really cool things that I read. Um, sorry, we're not talking about my paper, <laughs> but it's like something that I'm obviously passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, it said, immigration policies that are facially neutral yet discriminatory as applied. So things like the Patriot Act and that kind of thing, like faci- facially, yeah, facially they're neutral. Like it's supposed to be like, oh, everything's neutral. But when applied, they're just obviously discriminatory and racist and mm-hmm. like all of these things. So anyway, off topic. Very <laughs> interesting, though. So you'll be discussing all that in your paper? Yeah. and In the next 12 hours? If anyone... Yeah. yeah. Uh, if anyone, like, doesn't know about them, you should definitely read about it. It's horrible, and it deserves the attention. You know, it deserves attention. Mm-hmm. Ashcroft raids. Because of... Um, I forget what he was. He was the attorney general. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, <laughs> more events. <laughs> if you're interested in cheerleading, you can try out for the Con cheer team. Um, there's open tryouts on April, what day is today? Third. Third, okay, April 11th and April 18th. Uh, you can contact Coach Deb at D at wcsu.edu or any team member that you know or don't know. So uh, if you haven't ever been a cheerleader before, you shouldn't probably try out, right? Because you don't know any of the flips or whatever they do. Um, so, you know, it doesn't say anything about experience. Yeah, but as from your personal experience. From if, my personal experience. If you didn't know anything about cheerleading now, would you go and would you be a good cheerleader if you had never done any of that? Well, I actually went into cheerleading, you know, a lot in high school, a lot of the people that, a lot of the people that cheerleaded or did cheerleading in high mm-hmm. school, they had a lot of experience through like, you know, when they were little, they did cheerleading, they knew like the little hand stuff. And I, and I think I was a sophomore and I like just wanted to do a sport mm. and I had never done it at all. I had never even like done gymnastics or anything. Like just, I did, I did like basketball. So Barbara, <laughs> you were not a Trojans or Vikings cheerleader as a kid? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, but I went and tried out because I had a friend that, you know, was in cheerleading and she was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, just come. And it ended up that me and this one other girl, Heather, we were both the two like people that had never done cheerleading in their lives and came into the team. We ended up being the top, the two top flyers for the rest of the year. You mean the people they throw up in the air? Yeah. So Mm -hmm. we were like the two of like the ones that were most used. Uh, Well, two of the, there's three of us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, there was more than three, but there's three that were like most used. And Mm -hmm. the two, you know, two of the ones that came in without any experience were the best, well, not the best, but some of the most used. Mm -hmm. So it ended up like, you know, I, I don't think, I don't know if they said anything about experience. They, I'm pretty sure they're taking, you might as well try out. You have to try out, you know, like if, if they see potential in you, they're, they're going to, you know, take you. Mm -hmm. It's not like, oh, you have no experience. Don't even try. That should never be the case anyway. No. So I would recommend trying out. They're very inclusive and they find space for everybody. Yeah, that's good. Uh, you don't have to know how to tumble. Um, you can be a cheerleader without knowing how to tumble, mm-hmm. you know, and you can be a, a front spot and like you can be someone that spots them if you're uncomfortable with stunting or you only want to do the dance part or the cheer part. It's really, I would recommend doing it. And it's a very inclusive place. Like if I hadn't done cheerleading, I probably wouldn't have done SGA because I, I, um, I came into like my freshman year and I did cheerleading because it was like what I knew mm-hmm. and it you know, we, 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 they do cheerleading, but they also do like a bunch of like rec events, a bunch of like other events and they meet people and like they, you know, I, I met so many people through going to football games every single weekend mm-hmm. and all of that. And yeah, I would definitely, like, rec- definitely recommend doing it. That's cool. It, but you may, you refer to it as a sport and it's not really a sport. It right? is a sport, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get into that right now. Pete, what do you think? I abstain courteously. Ah, come on. <laughs> this is a topic for next week mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, okay. So there's also a health, fitness, and wellness fair um, in the Berkshire Hall. You keep saying Berkshire? That's another New England thing. It's Berkshire. Berkshire. <laughs> whatever. Berkshire. Thank God Berkshire. we don't have a Worcester Hall. <laughs> oh, boy. Worcester. <laughs> uh, so it's okay. It's 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. April 10th, to Tuesday. You can. There's going to be information tables, local vendors, HPX internship fair, Zumba and yoga demos, and it's hosted by Choices Health Services Recreation 
IHHS Wellness Center, HPX, and Counseling. There's free massages, mm. raffles, and giveaways. Actually, I totally went to this once because it was like, I did, I think, what did I do? Yeah, Zumba. Um, and it was like one of the extra credits, like you could go to that. And I got, I found my chiropractor there. So. No, no kidding. Yeah. And really that's cool. a health fair? <clears throat> yeah. Health and wellness. Health, fitness, and wellness. Hmm. Okay, so uh, Westcon Intramurals, Westcon Rec is doing intramural wiffle ball. Um, the games are played on Monday and Wednesday nights, 8.30 and 9.30, and the Westside Recreation Field starting Monday, April 16th. You can sign up by April 13th, and it's, class- it's a classic backyard game turned into a four-week-long season. You can re- register at imleagues.com. I-M Leagues? I-M Leagues, mm. yeah. Uh, so there's also, there's also tryouts this week or coming up. You can also join our, join the WCCU women's rub. Oh my God. Why am I stumbling on my words? Did you have coffee today? I didn't have coffee. There you go. It always comes back to that. Okay. We need a coffee maker, Pete. I'm working on it. (laughs) (laughs) Cappuccino, please. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so WCSU women's rugby. (laughs) Yeah, that is hard to say. Yeah. Um, so all are welcomed. There's no previous experience needed to join women's rugby. We all learn as a team, they say. Meetings are every Thursday from 8.30 to 9.30 p.m. You can find us in Berkshire Hall. Berkshire Hall. Yeah, you did it. Nice. Well, room 103. If you're interested, co- contact Jamie or Sage. They're two captains. Their emails are on Westconrex's Instagram post. And... Oh, they also have um, an Instagram at WCSU Women's Rugby. So they probably have that flyer there too, if you're interested. Um, and then lastly, we have Westcon Dance Team. Oh, wait, not lastly, because I forgot the SGA day, SGA events. Um, but Westcon Dance Team tryouts are April 29th at 2 p.m. in the Berkshire Gym. The team will be announced at 7.30 p.m. with a team meeting and uniform measurement session. You can email Coach Megan for tryout information packets, and you can find that at at Westcon Dance. And then finally, we have the SGA events. And so we have obviously the house party that I talked about last week, April 5th, in two days. It's a $5 donation to get in, and it's in the Cathartic Honors House. There's a raffle every hour, $300 total in prizes. And it's hosted by BSU, SGA Student Philanthropy, and The Spot. There's also a spot this week on mm-hmm. Thursday from 12 to 3, or 1 to 3. Pretty sure it's 1 to 3. <laughs> um, you just show up there, and when the doors open, you go in. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's really fun. It's, it's the first one, I'm almost positive, it's the first one hosted by the new spot committee. So it, it won't be hosted by me. Um, or my committee, it'll be the spot committee. So it should be really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been working really hard on it. Um, so hopefully. They're trying to make it better than you did, right? So. <laughs> well, no. Uh, they're just trying to make it equally as good. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, yeah. They're, 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 blah. they're a whole spot committee. Mm-hmm. So, you know, their whole focus is on the spot. So obviously they can have a lot more attention to detail, more like student engagement, trying to get people to come and everything. So hopefully it's better. Mm-hmm. I hope so. Um, and then obvi- and then we also have senior weekend. So May 10th is the senior toast. May 11th is the senior cruise. We can't hear you. You're standing too oh, far away. I'm sorry. 
May 10th is a senior toast. May 11th is a senior cruise. May 12th is the Mohican Sun trip. So you have to save the dates. And then ticket prices will be going out very, very soon. I've seen the flyer for it. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head because it's not publicized yet. But it's not too expensive if you're, uh, especially if you're a senior, it's very inexpensive. Um, if you're a regular student that's not a senior, then it'll be a little bit more expensive. But if you're a guest, that's when it gets pretty mm. expensive. Um, but yeah, last year was very, very fun, all of those events. So this year definitely is going to be equally as fun, especially because the cruise line is the same as last year and it was very fun. But I do, okay, I, I do like recommend to those over 21, um, not recommend, just let, letting you know that you should save up because the cruise line's bars are ridiculously expensive. So That's a good uh, tip. Yeah, just a tip. <laughs> so they have chaperones there, like uh, housing people or Paul Simon or... No. Are you looking to go on the cruise? Plan? No, I'm not. I, I, <laughs> it. I just was wondering how safe and uh, appropriate it is. It's pretty appropriate. Uh, it's happened like almost every year, uh-huh. so never been an issue. Um, there's a bus to and from, so if oh, people drink, you know, mm-hmm. they can go back to campus on the bus. Especially because it's in New York, you don't want to drive all the way home from New mm-hmm. York. Um, I know Dennis Lesko always. I'm pretty sure he always goes because he drives the volunteers um, when they go decorate. Like that's how I went my sophomore year um, because I helped decorate, mm-hmm. and so I got to go there early, and it was really fun. So he always drives us there. So I know that he's there. Uh, and there's also, like, security on the cruise and stuff. So oh, well, there you go. I mean, come on. We're all, like... Almost adults. Adults. We're all adults. We're all over 18. <laughs> we're adults. Oh, yeah, you're over 18. That's right. <laughs> that's that's a legal age. <laughs> 18. We're all adults. Yeah, so, know. you know, we can... Pretty sure we're fine. Mm-hmm. We can meet chaperoning Paul. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. Good. That's all I got hey, for That's a nice uh, calendar, then. Yeah. And so you'll be back next week, right? Yeah, and we'll know if I'm still going to be here. <laughs> or whether we have to do um, more Scabbing. auditions, right? Yeah. Hmm. I'll help out. I'll be like... <laughs> well, like... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that for next week. Save it for next week. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you, Paul. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you to our producer, Scott Volpe, and engineer, Pete Puccio, who both make sure this podcast comes to you each week. When you find WCSU 411 on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, please consider subscribing so you can keep up with all the news about Westcon. After you subscribe, leave a comment there or on Twitter at WCSU 411. Until the next edition, this is Paul Steinmetz.